comes. Here. And watch out! He's got Wow! Point, because it's a 6% slope, 50 feet. So right now it will gather speed. Good weight. A two footer. Oh my goodness. All the way! Oh, can you believe that? Walk It In's 10th episode is a big one. It's Players Week. One year ago to the week, the COVID-19 pandemic started. The players was canceled after one round. I actually wish Sunday's round of the API was canceled considering <laughs> how my bets ended up. Uh, but Poor we're looking guy. forward. What's Poor up this guy. week, Jeff? <laughs> it is good. It is good to be with you. It is good to to be having the players uh last year, like you said, was where it all really went awry for for golf. And um yeah, a lot of things went awry for you last weekend too. I'm really sorry about the number of, I mean, Sunday eight people up. Like we said, the weather could, and it sadly affected many of the golfers you had bets on. Unfortunately, it did. Um, it could have ended up even worse than it did. Um, kind of snuck in the back door with a top 10 on Fitzpatrick, but uh, I was looking, I thought, golden after the first three rounds with uh, Lanto Griffin, who was a big long shot to finish in the top 20. Uh, he ends up bogeying 18, shooting a 77, finishing T21. 18, and then, eight people up. On unbelievable. Sunday. Eight people uh, up. Then uh, speaking of 18, my guy, Terrell Hatton, he overcame a first round 77, got himself all the way up into the top seven, I believe. And... Yep. He bogeys 18 on his way to a T21 as well. So, <laughs> so tough. It so was, tough. Uh, that was a huge swing between Lanto and uh, Terrell Hatton for me. Um, turned my, uh, what could have been a really good week into a sour week, but we're looking ahead now. Yeah. Yeah, we are. Uh, and there's, I wonder though, one of your picks and I'll admit I was on the same exact train was fade. I think if someone goes back and listens to the episode, I think we verbatim said fade Bryson DeChambeau this week and we're taking Hovland over DeChambeau. Well, I mean, it was looking awesome after a couple rounds. And <laughs> next thing you know, Hovland, he gets eaten up in round four. Yep. He finishes almost dead last of the players who made the cut. And then Bryson pictures your face on every ball. He smashes over the water right. on number it six. It was unbelievable. <laughs> and he oh ends up winning the whole God. thing, of course. So, I mean, it really, it couldn't have turned out worse uh, on Sunday for me. Dude, the, the image of him after he smashed that ball on Saturday. And Were you just seeing my face? Yeah, I was like, there goes Mark's face just twirling, just spinning thousands of rotations per second or whatever it is. <laughs> and then Bryce. Lee Westwood, he hits his drive and kind of like jokingly mocks. I uh, love that. Or, you know, he, he's not that. mocking Bryson, but he was having fun. And yes. like that was that was like icing on the cake. Like I felt like Lee Westwood was in on the joke, too. Yes. Well, <laughs> yeah, yes. But I think what's cool too, about the fans being there, I mean, there were plenty of, of times where I'm hearing, I assume to be very drunk people screaming, um, whatever they want to scream after the ball is struck, but it is cool to have fans back because that wouldn't have been cool if fans weren't there. Like yeah. the fan reaction makes it even cooler. And Bryson obviously feeds off that stuff. I remember a few times, like when we were, 
golf was starting back up and it was the middle of the pandemic and everything. And there were no fans still. And mm-hmm. there were players kind of like having fun with long putts and kind of like fake waving to nobody yes. and like tipping their hat to nobody <laughs> yes. and stuff. Yes. Uh, who knows? Maybe thanking the marshals out there. But um, so I remember that, but you're right with, with the fans there, uh, even if they're screaming mashed potatoes and getting the hole. <laughs> I hate that. I hate um, that. No, it, I mean, it added an extra element and I can't wait till it's packed again. Yeah. I'm the get off my lawn old man who hates hearing mashed potatoes and get in the hole after a drive on a par five. I'm just like, God, shut up. But it's like the, it's like the um, hockey fans who shoot, uh, who scream shoot on power plays like just <laughs> yes. incessantly for two minutes to shoot, shoot, shoot. Yes. Those sports fans, they are everywhere. You cannot escape them. Um And this weekend, I mean, Bryson did Bryson things and his driver was the weapon that it is. Like you said, Hovland's driver was a weapon, then no longer was a weapon come the weekend. Um, We did, like you said, we got Fitzpatrick in there. I was pleased with how Paul Casey played. He snuck back into the top 10. Zalatoris was pretty much there the whole time. Bryson obviously shoved the no USA winner um, right back up my hoop. And that was I mean, he and Spieth were both in it at different points where you thought it could have been, but man, for a while, I thought, geez, Rory and Hovland are going to duke this out on Sunday. Yeah, it ended up, I mean, you had Lee Westwood and Corey Connors, uh, you know, Mm non-Americans playing really well, and they were kind of in it towards the end, but it ended up when you look at the leaderboard, other than you know, those two guys and Christian Bezaden, who like it, it, it ended up an American top 10, basically. Yeah. My favorite thought I had this weekend was when Matthew Neesmith just imploded on Friday when and made absolutely no chance of, of making that cut. And I had alluded to the idea of this bomb of a double breaker. I basically putted that one off the green. Like I, <laughs> I stood over that I hit the ball and I ended up maybe not even on the fringe. I think I'm going to end up on the rough on that one. I mean, he was a hundred to one to win, but I also had a top 10 bet on, or sorry, top 20 bet on him. And he never sniffed it. He, he, he might've teed off inside the top 20 and then very quickly found himself out of that. <laughs> At least he was a long shot. I'm really right, disappointed right. in how Frankie Molinari played. Yeah, honestly. it's bad. He, it's he bad. never had a chance from, from the start. Um, and his body was language over was him. I know some other Friday. people were all over him. It was tough. Yeah. And Sam Burns too, like battles back into the cut and then gives it all back. And like, I'm sure we'll see plenty of that this weekend too. It's, it's interesting. I think like we've got Ricky Fowler playing here. I mean, he didn't play well this weekend, um, but I, I, he is still a lost, a lost soul out there. Like he's 150 to one this weekend on DraftKings to win. I wouldn't crazy. I wouldn't touch it with, uh, you could give me a hundred dollars and, and, and say so you have to play on Ricky Fowler. I'd be like, well, wh- wh- I don't want to do this. I don't want to put myself into the pain of watching a golfer. I really like who I know has absolutely no chance. I mean, we're probably going to clip this when he comes out and ends up in the top five and challenges on Sunday, but for sure. But until he does it, I don't yeah, know. It's if not, we can, no, we can't. I don't know if we can bet on it. I mean, Mm-mm. people, people all over the globe were, were on him at Arnold Palmer last week thinking he knows this course. He plays well at this course. This is, where his rebound starts and yeah. here we are, you know, a week later and he's still searching for answers. Nick oh Faldo is everywhere. Having a laugh. Oh my God. Nick Faldo is sitting there enjoying a nice glass of bourbon, just cackling to himself by the fire. Just like, Oh yeah. I bet Ricky's out there shooting a commercial prior to players week. I'm I've always been a Ricky guy, but 
I think I've finally thrown the flag on his um, his chances at playing this year's Masters. Yeah, it's probably he. I don't know. I, he's got to be in the top fifty players, right? Isn't that where he's? He yeah, he's got to be in the top fifty. He's or in the sixties right now. I don't think he's going to do any of that in the and next. That's the official days. World Golf Ranking too that we're that we're that we're talking about. But yeah, the, he was in one of the featured groups this weekend, if I remember right, or he was. They were talking about him struggling on Friday as I was watching on PGA Tour Live, and one of the announcers was talking about like you know, should you just give it up? And I'm like, no, he shouldn't give up golf. Like he's incredibly marketable. He golf comes and goes guys have dips for careers. Jordan speed is exhibit a, and he's like in Ricky Fowler's camp of guys. Um, they're all buds. And I imagine spring break crew spring break crew, right? Maybe Ricky could figure it out. I'd love for him to figure it out, but, um, this is, he returns to a place. He's, it was the biggest win of his career in 15 when he won it. Like it just, I don't think there's going to be any magic here for Ricky considering the form that he's in. Right. What other takeaways do you have from the API? Not a whole lot. I'm sure we'll talk about Corey Connors again this weekend. Cause I, I think he's going to find his way onto my betting card again, because of the reasons which we'll talk about, like the approach we want to take for the players this weekend. But generally I just thought it was another fun tournament, a mix of, of big names in the, in the lead at different points. Um, and I, Bryson this weekend, I mean, they've already had to implement a rule to contain this guy. So I don't have any takeaways other than what Bryson is doing. Uh, they're setting up a rule this weekend. I, I mean, I guess it's been dubbed the Bryson rule for crazy. an out of bounds. So you don't like this. Is that what you're about to say? Yeah. I mean, he may actually thrive off of this in the way Patrick Reed thrives but- off of criticism in a way uh, but uh for those unfamiliar today tuesday uh the pga tour announced that uh on 18 if you're familiar with the 18 at saw uh with 18 at sawgrass the entire left side of the hole is covered by water yep so bryson on uh i believe sunday joked about taking his tee shot left of left and going and actually kind of playing the ninth hole Yep. to a wider landing area and then having an easier approach in. So now the PGA Tour has announced that, quote, in the interest of safety for spectators and other personnel, the Players' Championship Rules Committee has installed an internal out-of-bounds left of the lake for play of hole 18, uh, unquote. They did so, this at the Sony Open, too. They put in... To the left of the trees on that dog leg par five, they put in an out of bounds stake or out of bounds area. I think Bryson is still going to demolish 18, probably, but sure. watching him do unconventional things and changing golf in the way he has has been amazing for fans, amazing for media and everybody else. And now the PGA Tour is just taking that away from him. It's kind of crazy. See, I'm on the other side of this. I really think that on a golf course, out of bounds and putting your ball in the field of play does not mean another hole. Like to purposefully go to another fairway that far. Like I get it, right? An errant drive might land on another fairway. But right. So that's what I was going to say. What if, what if you were playing around or anybody's playing around, you hit an errant tee shot. And now the only way you can finish the hole is by playing the adjacent hole. What 
that's allowed. Why can't Bryson play 18 or any other hole on tour the way he wants to play it as long as he's staying in bounds? Is in the the words internal out of bounds is insane to me. That's the part that I'm hung up on. I just think if if he's in bounds, why why do we need to create an internal out of bounds? <laughs> that's my thing. It's just it seems backwards to me. I I feel there's a lot of things I want changed about golf rules. And and we've talked about many of them on this podcast. I don't have a problem with this. I really don't. And I might not be able to articulate it as clearly to battle your take on this, but there is. And so, so this probably just sounds like, well, Jeff just wants to be a golf purist, right? And that's fine. Slap the label on me for this particular argument, but there is something about playing another hole that egregiously, right? Like that. I just, I can't get behind. I can't like, there's something about the, in. Oh, I, I'm going to say this. I hate that I'm about to say it, but it, it was on the tip of my tongue. So I'm going to finish the thought about the integrity of the whole and the way it was designed oh. to be played. I sound like such an old man wow. get off my long golfer right now, but wow. I can't, I, I can't. I like You're- Bryson. I am not anti-Bryson. We have friends who are very anti-Bryson. I love a lot of what he's doing. But I think this this takes it a step too far for me. For a jo- for a jogger and hoodie guy, I didn't expect I know. you to have that take. Jo- jogger hoodie guy, love the the whole data um, explosion in the world of golf. I don't love this. I I will I will try to articulate this more clearly in a future episode. But just off the cuff, I'm I'm a fan of it. I like it's, the rule. It's not but, apples to apples. But were you not? highly entertained watching him drive I was, or try to drive number yes. six. Yes, because that's he he's not trying to play another golf hole to get to the green in a shorter number of strokes or 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 reducing his risk because he wants to go left to nine to reduce his risk. That's right. what he's saying. Right. And again, Bryson's a numbers guy. I like that he's a numbers guy. I don't like that the numbers would allow him to play another hole. I just, ah, God, we got to move past this. I yeah. sound like such an old man. Get off. You my are. You are now. a get off my lawn guy. Oh, man. I'm, You're going to hear about it. I'm We're sure going to clip I, this. We're going to repeat it for the rest of the year. We'll see what happens. Obviously, we won't get to see him play number no. nine on no. number 18 this week. I did but. say this week that if Bryson drove the green, I said this to one of our buddies, if Bryson drove the green, I would eat a lime hole, like Ryan and all, because I just didn't think he would do it in competition. and. I mean, he went, he went for it. He took of. an ag- incredibly aggressive line, more aggressive than any other golfer could take. I mean, geez, Rory put two in the drink on Sunday to take himself out of it on, I mean, again, same hole, right? He was just trying to play a more aggressive line. He couldn't do it. Bryson's right. bombing it. Bombing. Sunday's drive, I think went 377. It wasn't online. It ended up in the bunker, you know, right, right of the, the green. Yep. Um, but if he took a more direct line, he could have had a chance. I still applaud him for doing it twice in the tournament and especially on Sunday tied for the lead. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, it's amazing. The guy who swings that hard, that violently can control ball flight the way he can. I just, I find that incredible. If I try to swing out of my shoes, there is no telling which direction the ball is going to go other than it won't go straight. That his, much is certain. His uh, body movement 
even it, it seems like it's before he even starts his backswing, his body yeah. is just in full speed. Yeah. It's something to watch how high he tees the ball up, his starting the driver, you know, in midair like that, mm-hmm. the way he does it, it's, it's fun to see. And I, I'm on the record not being a huge Bryson guy, but it's fun to see. Yeah. No, and I'm much more in the Bryson camp than, than Mark is, but I just, there's something about the the rules of golf. So let's move on beyond this. But I have one more rules question for you because it relates to Bryson and it relates to the outcome of this tournament. Lee Westwood on the 18th, stripe the fairway, ball rolls into a divot. Very quickly, do you think that there is room for golf to change the rule of when you're in the fairway being able to move to, let's call it a preferred lie since you're no longer in a divot? I, I think they should absolutely allow the player to move out of the divot if only for the reason that they are so lenient on other rules like yes. preferred lies and such if if they were more strict on rules um and i'm i'm trying to find the right words to say it but if you know if they were more strict and mm-hmm. more uniform on rules and lies and things like that that uh, players encounter during a yep. round then i would be fine playing it in the divot but they're not they they kind of cater to each player and the lies that they find themselves in yet here we are you know on sunday and lee westwood's got to play it out of a divot now kudos to him he was yeah, kind of like shot yeah yeah he, he he was like that's golf yes. you know it's golf is meant to be hard yes and you know so you know hats off to him for for taking that on the chin and and playing it as as it lies but the way the tour handles rainy conditions wet sure. conditions plugged lies etc 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 or gives guys like bryson got relief on the fringe i think on 15 maybe 16 he got relief from a couple sprinkler heads because he pointed to the rules official that he had this particular line and then based on the relief he was never going to go that way right it, it was never in in, in you even see the guys was like you that's see guys asking line. rules officials like it's like they're playing a game of twister contorting their body yes. so that like one part of their foot yes. is like standing on something that otherwise wouldn't be right. impacting their shot at all. It's yes. kind of crazy. So, yes. you know, so if you're going to do that, you need to allow a player to move it no closer to the hole, but just to move it within a club length. Sure. I don't care. Right. Club length, right. Because that's the other thing. If you're worried about this whole bomb and gouge and put it anywhere and then chip it up, reward guys for hitting the fairway. And there's your, there's your example. Agreed. Lee Westwood hits the fairway on the 18th hole on the 72nd hole with a chance to win. And he gets in a divot. That's not by his own making, right? Like that yeah. just was there, right? That was a, a, a earlier shot that wasn't replaced or whatever. So anyways, we can debate rules forever, but that's not why we do the podcast. Um, we have a huge tournament with, I'm sure a ton of different approaches, well, maybe not different approaches, but maybe more so guys we like this week because it is absolutely stacked. So we return to yeah. TPC Sawgrass. For the first time, well, not the first time, but since golf was canceled last year or postponed or whatever you want to call it, we returned to the T- to TPC Sawgrass and we have a star-studded field. You've got 49 of the top 50 players here for a, I believe it's $12 million purse. Yeah. And it it's 40, 48 of the top 50 now that Kepka withdrew. Oh, yeah, Kepka. That's right. Thank you. I forgot about Kepka withdrawing. And then obviously Matt Wolf is not here either. Probably good for Matt Wolf. I don't think I would have even touched him anywhere near the bet card given his form, but there are 
superstars all across this board. They're going to be playing about a 7,200-yard par 72. We've been at TPC Sawgrass for years. Many guys know this place very well. Plenty of areas for concern with water off the tee. Uh, but it's, again, Bermuda Greens. They've got the famous par 3 island on 17. There will be plenty of action this whole weekend. I, I love this tournament. I think it's going to be, oh, it's actually $15 million. Not, not 12, $15 million, 2.7 million to the champion. Holy dollars. A lot of people, a lot of people out there wishing they could yeah. uh, be professional golfers right now. I God, I wish I spent more time learning golf when I was in like third, fourth, fifth grade. I know. Or even why were video, why did pandemic? I think video games were cool? <laughs> God, I played so much Madden and look where it got me. Yeah. Don't you think this course uh, sets up uh, and maybe maybe it's just me, but it sets up very similar to the last two courses at Bay Hill and Concession with, uh, you know, some trouble off the tee, uh, narrow fairways, thicker rough, uh, yep. small Bermuda greens. I feel like when I was writing my approach and making my picks, I felt like this course, albeit in a bigger tournament, sets up a little bit similar to the last two we played. Yeah. And I even said last week, I don't know if I mentioned it on the pod, but I, at least in my notes, had written up that I wasn't really a fan of Spieth last week because of some of the challenges off the tee that he'd been facing and what the course would require to win. And I was off on that. He was in the mix. But I think this is another week where, like, you got to you gotta be careful. I mean, it's a Pete Dye course. That's just yeah. Pete, that's the name of, of his game. Like, there is going to be trouble out there that you're going to have to avoid off the tee very frequently. And I, I think most places, I mean, most people breaking down this tournament would say this, but it is very much your approach. Like you will live and die this week based on how well you are able to hit your irons. And I know that's gonna be a big part of my approach. Mark, I don't know if you have anything different with your approach this week. No, I mean, mine is, it's, it's going to be a lot similar. I want guys that are strong, uh, approaching the green GIR percentages, that type of stuff mm -hmm. around the green on the green, um, driving accuracy. Um, yep. is going to be a little bit uh, more important than in other tournaments where you can just kind of bomb it and play from the rough. But, yep. um, you know, just like the last few tournaments, I'm looking for good putters on Bermuda, um, you know, compared to other turfs that they play on. Um, but, you know, you'll see a lot of similarities in what I'm looking for and the guys that uh, I'm on is uh, at Arnold Palmer and um, the Confession. WBC two weeks yeah. ago, yeah. Um, the good thing is we'll be able to see a lot of, uh, where our players approaches. And, oh yeah. Uh, those shots go because the PGA tour has announced, uh, PGA tour live every, or every shot live it's called. Um, and it's going to be free on Thursday for everybody. So that's cool. Um, every single player, every shot you can control which shots you see. And, um, and then on uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you uh, pay for it with uh, got to pony NBC, up some shekels. Uh, NBC Sports Gold, but uh, it's a cool little thing they're doing. We always talk about the app and uh, mm -hmm. Shot Tracker and such, and um, I'm interested to see how this works on Thursday, where I can just kind of click on Corey Connors and that's you know, right. See see where his third shot is on the seventh hole. You know what I mean? Uh huh. Yep, I love that. And we've talked a lot about that needing to be part of the the menu every single week every tournament not just the big ones not just the ones that require all the big guys if 
You're going to go all in on this. This is, this is great. I believe it's the first time they've done anything like this. I know the masters always offers it, but the masters has money coming out of every, uh, everywhere for them. So good for the PGA tour. This is a big event for them. And I'm, I'm excited about the, what that'll bring. And, and I think it kind of brings us to our card. I mean, I don't really have any other additional approaches outside of strokes gained approach. Um, I think from what we've seen in past winners, current form. So I'm looking like the last six weeks needs to be really sharp. Um, and it's a Pete Dye course. So you have some guys who maybe are specialists like Siwoo Kim and others who just seem to play really well here. And again, it's a place that we've seen it's on everybody's calendar. Like guys play this week, it, 48 of the top 50. It, it is a, uh, it's a big boy show. I mean, it is really all of the horses are here. And so I think a little bit of experience here is important just to know where the trouble is and kind of how to play your approach into some of these greens. Are you looking at all at last year's first round before it was canceled? I, I looked at it briefly. Um, our boy Bazudenhut shot a 65 here on Thursday last year. Mm-hmm. People forget. He did. I mean, I'm sure... Hideki shot 63 last year. Yeah, I think Matsuyama is going for the course record, so he's probably the most pissed out of everybody. Yeah, that guy was cruising. I mean, Harris English was in the top five at the end of the first round. Uh, Berger, Simpson, Scotty Scheffler, Corey Connors, our boy, oh, Canada. Uh, <laughs> thanks to Corey Connors for his performance last week. Love it. Um Wish I would have been more bold than to put a half unit on Corey Connors top 20, but Hey, not going to complain about a victory. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just Hovland Morikawa. What do these guys all have? Like what do Connors Hovland Morikawa? What does Cantlay with Hideki? Like, what do they all do really, really well approach? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's one round, right? But there's plenty of history at this course. So yeah, I mean, I looked at it. Who knows? Maybe someone, maybe someone like Hideki can refine his game because that dude is lost. Yeah, absolutely lost. Let's get to our inside the leather picks then. Let's do it. I think uh, I think you're away this week, pal. Yeah, I am. Bad. I'm. I'm not going to talk about it too much, but poor performance. I'm going to blame Sunday. Uh, finished that one damn place out of damn a lot more units. But um, my first inside the leather pick. Uh, might as well start with our guy, Corey Connors, uh, top 20 plus 250 um, on for one unit. Uh, obviously finished third last week. He's got eight top 25s in his last 11 events. Um, of the players in this week's field, he's second tee to green and sixth in strokes gained approach in his last 16 rounds. That's awesome. And he's also a much better putter on Bermuda. He gains, I believe, four tenths of a stroke more on Bermuda uh, per round than on any other turf. And last week he was 13th in, in the field and putting and first in approach. So he's playing really well. Um, plus 250 for a top 20 is something I can definitely get behind. And I'm going to do a full unit on like your half unit last week. <laughs> Smart man. Don't make the same mistake I made. Um, well, I'm going to up your one unit. I'm going to take two units this week on Patrick Reed top 20 at plus 188. And I know Patrick Reed missed the cut last week, and I know he was a popular pick in a lot of different corners. He was inconsistent with the putter, just wasn't normal Pat Reed. He was on a few of the weekend, or sorry, uh, early week 
featured group coverage and there just wasn't normal Patrick Reed um, wasn't finding his, his balls in divots in the rough and finding uh, new places to place them. But no, in all seriousness, I think Patrick Reed can do, can do really well here. Um, he's a guy who, even if the numbers don't add up, he typically finds a way to get it done. And he is positive in all categories for strokes gained in the last six weeks amongst those players that are in the field. He carries an accurate driver. He's 47th in the PGA tour this year in driving accuracy. And if you look, and I made this statement about Justin Thomas with respect to tournaments, he was cut at the year before and how did he come back? That ended very poorly for me with the Genesis, but for Pat Reed after a cut in the very next tournament, if you go back to last year, after a cut, he came out T 34, cut the very next week, comes out T29, cut the very next week, comes out and wins. Um, I don't think he's a short-term memory guy. That's my take on it. I think he can come out here and do well. He's played well here in the past. Nothing groundbreaking, but enough that I'm interested in some Pat Reed action this week. And a top 20 feels a little bit safer. There's just so much firepower in this tournament that I feel like a top 20 and Pat Reed hanging around this weekend would be uh, would not surprise me whatsoever. Yeah. I, uh, I'm not going to be on him, but I, I love the handicap on that and he shows up in big tournaments. So we'll, he's uh, a gamer. He's a gamer. We'll see. My second pick of the week is going to be a prop. Yes. By yes. It's back. We know we like the prop bets. I hit my last college prop with Hovland a few weeks ago, uh, winning my, uh, Oklahoma state, uh, right. colleges this week. I'm traveling to Arizona state. And I'm Ooh. actually going to take Paul Casey as the top wow. Arizona State player. Um, Not so, where I thought you were going to go with that. No, uh, plus 250 on Paul Casey uh, for a unit. Now, I understand that John Rahm is an Arizona State Sun Devil. So this might be considered a risky play consider, uh, considering how good Rahm is. Uh, you've also got Matt Jones, Phil, Ches Reeve, and no. Pat Perez. Don't matter. Um, this is a Paul Casey, guys, John Rom showdown. I'm hoping so, and I'm hoping Paul Casey just outplays him. He doesn't have the best um, history at this tournament. He's got, uh, I believe, three missed cuts, two withdraws, but he is in great form. He finished T10 last week um, as he was on your card, so you know yep. that. Yep. He's got five straight top 12s, and in his last 16 rounds played, he's ninth in the field in strokes gained tee to green, 13th in the field in strokes gained approach. So he's playing really well, and I'm I'm not fading John Rom per se. I'm just no, say it. Casey, say you're fading I'm just him. hoping Casey say plays it. a little bit better. Say you're fading John Rom. Come on, be bold. No, 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 no. I'm not going to say it because I I think Rom plays well, but I, I I think Paul Casey has top five, top 10 in him this week. I mentioned it last week, accurate driver, and that did show up. Uh, he had a, a couple beautiful approach shots on a few of the longer holes. But so I'm not, I don't have any John Rom exposure this week. I, I'm still just not, this is not about the stats for me with John Rom. Like until that guy shows that he can move past a bad shot or a bad hole, I just can't put num, I can't put dollars behind his short odds. Like yeah. he is even money as the top former or Arizona State player. Right. Like in that mix, right? Like I do believe Paul Casey is the best chance to to contend with him. I mean, sure, Matt Jones could figure something out. Phil Nicholson could return to form that he saw 15 years ago, but maybe even Chez. Like Chez isn't a bad iron player, but I just don't think, especially at a, a course like this where John Rahm will inevitably find trouble once or twice, 
is he going to be able to overcome that? I just don't know. I, and at two and a half to one, I'm taking a shot here on somebody who's playing really well. I agree. I don't. Yeah, I think John Rahm will always befuddle me in that way. All the talent, every every ounce of talent you need to win multiple majors, and he just refuses to get out of his own head. So, D- DJ was once that. That's true. And yeah. He's not. So you know it. It I think will definitely turn around for Rom, and he'll start winning majors. But this isn't a major, and hopefully he finishes below Paul Casey. Yeah, poor Ricky Fowler. He wishes it was a major. Um, all right. Well, my second inside the leather pick, I'm going to go with uh, short odds on this one, but I'm going to take Webb Simpson top 20 plus 125. And I, I almost put this in at top 10, but after what we saw last week with just the terrible feelings around Sunday and the ebb and flow of guys moving from T7 to T14 up to T11, flirting with it. It ended well for us, but this tournament is just so heavy with top players. I would rather take a little bit of a safer pick on Webb at plus 125. I'm going to put two units behind it, and I think Webb fits a similar mold for me that Patrick Reed fits. He's an accurate driver, fourth in the PGA Tour in driving accuracy this year. He is positive in all strokes gain categories in the last six weeks amongst the players in the field. And he brings a very sharp form. He's at five of his last nine. He's booked a top 15 or better. Um, that includes T6, a T4, and he's won here before, right? So with all the things that make Webb Simpson what he is, uh, clearly play well here because he's just played well. He bookended that victory with a 16 and 17. Sorry, so placed 16th in 2017 and then placed 16th again in 2019. Obviously, we were canceled last year. I just, I love the floor for Webb Simpson. Like, I really believe he can contend, but he feels like a very safe pick for me this week. Um, and the odds would show it plus 125 on a top 20. Like, that is mega short for what we typically talk about on this pod. But for Webb, it's, it's warranted. Yeah, I agree. I put him in kind of the same boat as Tony Finau, and you know what you're getting for the most part out of those guys. Yeah. And their floors are super high. Yeah. Yeah. But Finau, we had Finau top fives and he faded on a Sunday and ended up T14. Like sometimes it's just not worth, I think, the extra risk to play a really short game. There's 155 golfers this week. Yeah, it's, it's a big even a, even a top 20 is not easy. No, it's not. I mean, and again, plus 125, maybe you think I should be getting longer odds on that. But I think Webb Simpson, Webb Simpson's game, there we go, really works out well here. So those are my two highlights for my inside the leather picks this week. And uh, there'll be a couple others on the card once we post our picks. But those are the two that I think I've got circled as things I feel really good about. Yeah. I'll kick off the double breaker uh, segment here. I'm going to go back to the well with Lanto Griffin. I think he played really well last week. It was unfortunate that he finished T21 when I had him top 20. Not a big deal, but (laughs) I'm going to go back to the top 20 Um, plus 450 for a unit. Lanto Griffin is playing great golf. He's up to 50th in the world now after his T21. And in his last four starts, he's gone T7. T26, T22, and T21. That's pretty good. Yep, pretty good. 15th in the field in strokes and approach, 19th in putting. And the way he's playing and how good of a putter he is, if he can put it all together, 
uh, for four rounds, then I think top 20, even in a loaded field like this, not, it shouldn't be a problem. I mean, plus 450s, it's a long shot. It's a double breaker. But I think Lanto Griffin's got the game to do it. Yeah, I'm going to. I th- I think so too. I I like what Orlando Griffin's game is at, and I I'm gonna stick with top twenty in like kind of a similar way. Maybe less so because he's got a run of of finishes the way Lanto does, but I do think Abraham Answer brings enough to the table this week to be considered for a top twenty, and he's in double breaker uh, plus three thirty five. And for me, I'm gonna put a unit behind that. The big thing for me with Answer is his irons. It's just always been his calling card. His Weakness has always been his putter. And we saw that on full display in November at the Masters. He just couldn't make a button the first couple of holes. When, when you and I were both on him. Oh, my God, that was crushing. It really felt like, wow, we are about to have a great weekend. And then Answer just forgot how to putt. He just forgot. The stage got to him. Like, I firmly believe the stage got to him in that tournament. But this week, I think he can bring his irons. And I know he'll bring his driver. He's first in driving accuracy. This year, it's always been his calling card. He stripes it, uh, not incredibly long, but puts the ball where it needs to be in the fairway. And he's had a bit of a peaks and valley season, or at least the last few weeks he has. He was T18 at the Genesis, but he was cut the week before. The week before that, he was T5 at Amex, but he was cut the week before. Um, his history here is relatively minimal. I mean, he played in 2019 and did finish T12. He was in the mix on Sunday. He just kind of faded a little bit down the stretch. So I feel like a top 20 gives me a pretty solid floor with answer. And again, it's a ball striking. It's an iron play course. And I think answer has the makings to get it done. So I'm going to, I'm going to fire behind Abraham answer plus three thirty-five. He's played well at Pete die courses in the past. So this, this feels like a good setup for me. Yeah. I like that. I'm going to briefly touch on one of my win bets this week. Cause you've already handicapped it to, perfection but i'm going to be on web simpson to win this week uh, i'm going to do it for a uh, half a unit at 22 to 1 like you said his floor is super high he's won this tournament before he shows up in big events he mentioned today in an interview that he's not worried about the olympics he's just worried about the majors and the playoffs and this season so i like where his head's at i like where his game's at everything you said in your handicap is perfect for web and uh i th- I think he could definitely get it done again, be a repeat winner here. I feel like we're going to have a lot of win bet action this week. Like I just feel this kind of feels like one of those tournaments where why not, why not just have, cause you've got really good players with long odds. I think, Like I think there's just a ton of value in the forties, the fifties, even the sixties more yeah. so than we typically would see. Yeah, definitely. And a couple of guys that have been close recently to winning. Yeah. And mine, so so my other double breaker is Scotty Scheffler to win at 50 to one for a quarter of a unit. And Scheffler is going to sound an awful like a lot, sorry, an awful lot like my handicaps on Simpson and Reed in the sense that they they all just play the game really well, T to green, and even up on the green. Like Scheffler from his stats in the last six weeks amongst this field, he doesn't really have a weakness. He's positive in every category. 19th specifically in strokes gained approach and he's 22nd in driving accuracy this year um he comes in with really strong form t7 t20 t5 in the last three after missing his first two cuts of the 2021 calendar and i talked about this guy earlier mark asked did i look at anyone's scores last year sure 
I did. I take. I took a look at Scheffler. He shot minus four on Thursday. Again, it was canceled. Who cares, right? But I think it's a course he can find his way around. Also, a guy who's played well at Pete Dye courses before. And fifty to one for a guy who has the talent to get it done. I don't care how star-studded the field is. I will gladly take fifty to one on someone like Scotty Scheffler. Yeah, he's a he's a good golfer. I'm waiting for him to break through in something huge like that. Uh, it, for and sure. Think about it. There's a few guys who have gotten wins here. I mean, Ricky was one of them, right? In 15, that was a big win for him. Siwoo in 17, that was his big win. I mean, it's not like guys, you can be a really good player and make a big statement win here. And I think yeah. that fits the, the Sheffield mold. Absolutely. My uh, last, uh, for the pod anyway, last double breaker pick is going to be somebody who I haven't really heard his name this year at all, this week at all, but uh, Andrew Putnam. Oh, wow. He finished fourth last week. He is quietly playing really, really well. I'm going to put a, a top 20 bet on him at seven to one for half a unit. Uh, Andrew Putnam is fourth in the field in strokes gained putting over the last 16 rounds. He's got three top sevens uh, in the last month, the uh, last mm-hmm. five tournaments since the waste management. And just like I uh, mentioned his T4 last week where he had zero rounds over par, uh, even with the wind and the hazards and everything else. So Andrew Putnam playing really well. So to take a shot at seven to one um, on a guy like that, sign me up. That is Dude, I hadn't even thought about Andrew Putnam. You just said he's finished T4 this weekend. Don't think I saw a single shot of Andrew Putnam on the broadcast. Tune in on Thursday for every shot live. That's right. Yeah. Andrew Putnam, he's a good golfer, and maybe more people hear about him You know, coming up soon, but at maybe. least getting the top 20 for, for really good odds. Somebody who's playing really well. He's got three top 10s in his last five events. You know another course, Pete Dye design that they played three rounds at? The American Express. You know where he finished? Tell me. T21. There you go. I I love that. At plus at seven to one? Seven to one for a top 20 on Putnam. Criminal. Do it. Do it with Dude, him. Dude, that's uh, you know who I don't. I mean, wow, let's do it. Let's do it. I'm on. I'm on it. Throw in Andrew Putnam. I need very little convincing. I'm putting it on the sheet. This We're is put- the unofficial Andrew Putnam fan cast. Yeah, that's right. The, <laughs> if Andrew Putnam books his top 20, I'm going to blitz his Instagram and see if he wants to come on and talk about talk about his recent run of form. Yeah, that would be awesome. Break it down for us, Andrew. Where is it coming from? I mean, he's a younger guy, right? He's, he's 32, 32 years old. He's won before. He won in 2018. Like, I mean, it's not out of the question that this guy could contend. He's, I don't think so. He's, he's solid 50, in a lot of spots. He's 55th currently in FedEx Cup uh, yeah. ranking. So who knows? He's playing really well. and. Uh, He's a really good putter, and we'll see what happens. He hasn't missed a cut since the start of January, and it's not like he hasn't played. Right. He's made six in a row. I mean, dang. Are All we right. finding gold here? Andrew Andrew Putnam, let's go. I'm putting a, I'm gonna put a half unit on that. I'm telling you. All right. I'm telling you. You'll you'll make sure that that's that wasn't an official pick on my card initially, but I've I like the handicap, and I had to pull up Andrew Putnam's profile to like really dive into. Who the heck is this guy? Yeah, right. Did Mark just make this guy up? Yeah. Did Mark just create a golfer in PGA 2K21? Yeah. Andrew Putnam? You could have come up with a more unique name if you were creating a golfer, but that's okay. Yeah. Well, I wanted him to blend in. So 
that's our picks, at least the ones we've announced and, and many more uh, that we will write up and send out through No Lane Up's website. You can find all of them there. You can also find them through our Substack, and we'll put them on our social channels. Um, and we'll plenty to come. Like I said, there's so many places you can go this week. I've got a, a laundry list of things I like. Um, you know who I, but the, the, I was going to add this one little bit here. I really don't like any of the matchups this week. And maybe it's because every time I look at the matchup, I can make a case for both guys in, and maybe in the sense that this is just such a, a fantastic field. Um, but there wasn't a single one. I like, did you, did you have any that stood out to you that didn't make your card, but you, the, in? the only matchup that I'm kind of like you, um, but I am looking at two matchups specifically currently, and one is Putnam. He's currently plus 115 against Matt Kuchar. Oh, that seems pretty good. So I uh, I honestly have to look and see how Kuchar has been at this course and, and recently, but plus 115 for Putnam is something I'm eyeballing. And then just a fade of Ricky Fowler. Uh, Brandon Grace is plus 105 on DraftKings against him. Mm-hmm. So that's something that, you know, Grace coming off that win in Puerto Rico. Um, I think he played pretty well last week. Yeah, he did. Okay. Um, but, you know, just more of a fade of Ricky than anything else. But those are really the only two matchups that stuck out to me because, like you said, you can make a case for both guys in Easily. each matchup posted. And that's Vegas for you. Yeah, I don't and I don't love the I guess I wouldn't say that there's a ton of options here with with DraftKings. I'd love the ability to like create a matchup right and like what would what odds would you give me which i know that that's not really how books can do it but man that would be really cool because i would love to kind of put in some of the guys we've highlighted against a guy that like i personally am not high on this week which is adam scott and just his irons have been bad he hasn't been accurate the driver i don't care if he says he shows up for a specific set of tournaments every year they just i'm not buying it the only one i really did like because i think that there's a really really low floor but also a very high ceiling on the the opposite side of this matchup is taking Will Zalatoris at plus 105 over Sung M because Zalatoris is so good with the irons. Sung J hasn't been super sharp. And it I say I think almost every week we talk about Sung J M. He'll find a way to have some wow moments, but he will put himself in unnecessary trouble because he's going to be incredibly aggressive. And I bet you he gets bit a couple times this week. And I feel like Zalatoris don't care if this is his first time showing up. He just performs on every course he goes to. He is a machine, absolute machine. Looking at the odds, and I'm I'm not spoiling any, anything because I know you're not on any of these guys to win. Who's more likely to win this week between Colin Morikawa, Tony Finau, or Xander Shoffley? Wow. I mean, Shoffley and Finau from like a pure have they one perspective neither of them have right and morikawa just came off winning at concession and morikawa is arguably the best at of the three but the one thing that matters the most this week which is approach but you have to trade morikawa's approach with like is this new saw grip here to stay like right. did he find and has he mastered and has he mastered it yet right or is it truly the fickle beast that is the putter and some weeks you can lose eight strokes and other weeks you can gain six strokes on the field if i mean xander is so consistent i would probably put i can't quit xander 
I put I put a little bit of cash behind Xander. <laughs> Man, I just gave the whole breakdown on why it makes sense to take Morikawa, and here I am deciding to take Xander instead. <laughs> I like that. He's so consistent, man. Like, I, let me pull up these numbers on Xander real quick because I, I need to see these. In the last six weeks is which I've been using to break this down. Xander's 26th in approach among the field. He's only negative in around the green. If you look at Finau, God bless his feet. How is this man not won tournaments? Good he's a, God. He's a stud. Dude, second tee to green, positive in putting. And then if I look at Morikawa, God, that's an ugly red number under putting <laughs> 149th in the field and putting third in approach 16 to green. So you would have to say the most consistent player is Finau, but I can't, you I can't, can't actually put money on him to I win. I did. I did <laughs> two weeks ago. I did. And it didn't right. happen. And I thought it had a chance. Xander, I'm going to stick with Xander. His numbers right. don't pop, but that's who I would take of that. Who would you take? I think I would take Xander too. I just, I don't know if I'm ready to trust Morikawa's putting completely yet. So is it fair to say that this is a Xander Shoffley, Andrew Putnam fan club? Could be. Could be. Yeah, Could well, it's not. Be. It's not not. I think I would throw Patrick Cantlay's name in the mix too. Seti Eddie. I yeah. love me some Patrick Cantlay this week. Yeah. Spoiler alert for what else is on the card. Right. I Well, my question only had contenders that I wasn't spoiling for you. Well, now I'm spoiling one of my picks, which I'm pretty confident Patrick Cantlay win bet will be on the card. Okay. It's going to be a fun weekend. We have a ton to look forward to. I will break down the picks that we have officially given. Uh, so running down inside the leather, Jeff is coming in with Patrick Reed, top 20, plus 188. Webb Simpson, top 20, plus 125. Two units for each. Mark is going back to the Corey Connors well, but he'll put a full unit on this time. He won't be scared like I was. He'll take Corey Connors, top 20, at plus 250. And Paul Casey, top Arizona State player, plus 250, a unit on both. Mark says he's not fading John Rahm, but if you're taking the top Arizona State player, you're not taking John Rahm, you are fading John Rahm. You're right. At least no, in that match. No disrespect, but I'm going to disrespect you, John Rahm. You, you've almost created your own matchup at there between Paul Casey and, and John Rahm. Right. Um, so that's going to be a lot of fun because the rest of the guys are maybe maybe a blip on the radar at this point. Watch Chez Revy win. I was just going to say, Chez, Chez is going to come out and put on a stripe <laughs> show with those irons, man. He's just going to be cooking his five yeah. iron into the greens. All right, double breaker. I've got Abraham Answer top 20 plus 335 for a unit. I've got Scotty Scheffler win bet 50 to one at a quarter of a unit. Mark, three confirmed picks for double breaker. Lanto Griffin top 20 at uh, plus 450 for a unit. Andrew Putnam, which I've also tailed, top 20, 7 to 1. We're each putting a half unit on Andrew Putnam. And then Webb Simpson to win, 22 to 1 for a half unit. That is the card, top to bottom so far. More picks to come. Mark, anything for the listeners before we break for the players this week? That's it. Hopefully we get some good luck. Uh, Everyone plays well. Nothing gets canceled. That's right. And we have a good week. That's right. All right, everyone. Enjoy a remarkable tournament. I'm sure it will be this weekend. We look forward to seeing you back here next week again as we continue to break down the Florida swing. 